Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Sarah Wood will be joining me shortly. I had announced that Volatile Mermaid was going to be here, uh, but unfortunately she had to cancel the last minute. The issue with her is she's got a regular nine to five and we were actually going to record on Saturday, but she had an emergency that she had to deal with. So this was the second time we had something scheduled and she had to cancel on the same day. I'd love to have her on. I just don't know how we're going to work this out because of our schedules and stuff. So just stay tuned. I, I, you know, maybe one day I'll figure out how to get her back on or get her on. But at this point, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but yeah, Sarah Wood will be joining me and we're going to be talking about some drama that's unfolding in the liberal world with somebody who's been on the show. Uh, we're also going to talk about Bloomberg and the fact that he's just making everyone crazy. And that brings me to um, my next little thing is I'm going to have Joe Walsh on again. And the reason why is because he contacted me and asked if he could be on the show. And guess why? <laughs> he's got a book. Now, I said to him uh, on the show, people are saying that you're running for or running against Trump because you're writing a book and you're looking for uh, exposure or whatever. So he wrote a book. But before we all jump on him and and say, oh, we knew it. OK, we knew it. But. He could have easily become a Trump person and, you know, or at least played the role of a Trump supporter. And he could have written a book and made a lot of money and kept his radio show. But he didn't. So I want to give him credit for the fact that he is one of the only never Trumpers that does not bash the Democratic Party. I don't know how he's going to behave once, you know, we get and I'm going to just assume we get a Democratic Congress and a Democratic president. I don't know how he's going to behave. I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'm not saying we have to be his best friend and I'm not saying we have to buy his book or anything. But and he's going to come on my show and he's going to promote his book, but he's also going to vote blue no matter who. And he's been very consistent on Twitter. He's always going after Trump. He never goes after Democrats. He's agreed with the Barack Obama. He's agreed with Hillary Clinton. Give me a break. The freaking Republicans hate her. So he's still a conservative. But the reason I want to have him on is because maybe one day he's going to go into Congress again. He's going to, he's going to, you know, maybe he's going to be a senator or maybe he's going to be a, a, you know, a representative. And if that's the case, I think this experience has taught him to be a little bit more uh, not friendly, but like make an effort to compromise. I think that that is something that he's open to. And that's what I want to talk to him about because it's important in a post Trump presidency world, because we're still going to have Trumpism, but we're not going to have Trump. It's, it's going to be important for members of Congress as well as, you know, voters and stuff to, to figure out how to coexist you know, I mean, there's going to be Republicans walking around who believe that if you have an abortion, you're a baby killer. They're still going to be walking around. They shouldn't be the ones legislating, but they're going to, some of them are. They're getting elected. So we have to figure out how to live together. We just have to. We can't just, you know, just as Republicans can't say to us, it's our way or the highway, we can't say that to them. Even if our way is the right way or the correct way or the better way. We can't because we all live here. We all share this home and we all have to do what it is to, to coexist. So that's my primary reason of accepting uh, a never Trumper aside from Jerry, Jerry Jacobus, because I said that I wasn't going to. When I had Steve Schmidt on, I appreciated that he was on the show 
and I do respect some of his opinions, but he kind of pissed me off. And I decided at that time, I thought, you know what? No more fucking never Trumpers. We're going into election and it's really heated. And so this is the one exception that I'm going to make because, you know, Joe and I are not friends, but we're friendly. He's been very respectful to me. And I just have to say that when he contacted me, okay, let me, let me back up. He had tweeted that Amy Klobuchar said pro-life people are welcome in the party. And I was like, oh, no, no, they're not. If you're personally pro-life, that's fine. And I, th- so I tweeted to Joe Walsh. And I basically, if you're personally, personally pro-life, that's fine. But if you're going to be a Democrat, the Democratic platform is pro-choice. So you vote with Democrats. You should not legislate your beliefs, especially if they are tied to religious beliefs. But what I said to Joe was I challenged him and I wasn't mean or anything, but I just said, so you're okay with forcing women to have children that they don't want to have. And then I, um, I said, and also do not put in that elective or yeah, there is no such thing as a, an elective late term abortion. And he never replied. So, okay. I'm not going to freak out about that. I understand that, uh, he, Probably, I know he saw it because he usually responds or likes what I say when I agree with him. So in this particular case, he, he ignored it, which, okay, fine. So I left it alone. And when he asked if he could be back on my show, I, I, my first response was only if I can scream at you about abortion, <laughs> which I was kidding and told him that I was kidding. And so, uh, you know, he replied and he said, you can talk to me about anything, Kimberly. So I appreciate that about him. I truly do. I do not agree with him. I think that his his views on abortion are, you know, obviously based based in his Catholicism. And I disagree with the idea that women should be forced to have birth but or give birth if they don't want to have a baby. But, you know, and I don't really want to talk to Joe about that. If he brings it up, that's fine. We can discuss it. But I don't really want to because I don't think I'm going to change his mind. I, I truly just want to talk about how um, Democrats and Republicans are going to be able to figure out how to work together moving forward. So that's that. Uh, let's see what else. Before before the show begins, just reminding everybody that Start Me Up is an independent podcast and it's run by a woman, me. I'm the woman. And for the month of February, I'm going to be donating 5% of the podcast earnings to Planned Parenthood. So if you like the show today, please consider becoming a monthly subscriber at patreon.com slash start me up. You get if you sign up for $1, that's 12 bucks a year, you get each podcast delivered to your email box. And it's very inexpensive way to see if you like the show on an ongoing basis. And you can always upgrade later if you want to. Um, the more patrons there are, the more money that goes to Planned Parenthood. $5 gets you to the patrons only segment, which is recorded at least two times a month. Sometimes I have a guest, sometimes I don't. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is I've done two this month, but I'm going to probably do one more because I only did one last month. So I'll probably do one solo show, but you know, and I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to talk about. I have some things running in my head, as I'm sure you know. Um, Also, if you'd like to make a one-time donation, sometimes people prefer doing that. Just check out the text of my Patreon description. You're going to see my PayPal info. Whether you sign up as a monthly subscriber or as you pay, if you pay, if you pay as you go, easy for me to say, your support helps the show and I appreciate it. So just don't forget that you can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. It would be awesome if when you go over to iTunes, you go to it's Apple Podcasts. You can become a subscriber on Apple Podcasts. It's free. 
and give the show a positive review and a rating. I've seen a couple of new ratings. That's awesome. The last review I had was from last November. So, hey, I could use a new review. Uh, and also my ranking is going up and that's awesome. I mean, it's still, I think the last time I checked, it was probably around 254, but I'm not that far away from, um, oh no, I can't think of his name. I'll think of his name in a minute. Hal Sparks. So, you know, I, I'm not somebody who was on VH1 for all these years and my, my podcast is about the same as his. So I feel really good about that. And that's because of you guys. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is awesome. So again, don't forget, go to iTunes and become a subscriber on Apple Podcasts and give me a a, a good rating if you like the show and a great review if you like the show. All right. Now let's talk with Sarah Wood. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Good to have you here on this crazy day. (laughs) It's nice to be here and it is indeed crazy. Oh my God. There is just so much. I mean, we're going to get into it in a minute, what I teased in the intro about uh, a progressive that was on this show. Um, but before we do, I just want to talk about the craziness, that, the craziness that's going on is like fucking primary season. You know, it's like, oh, it's a, I'm it's so over it. It's a big <laughs> bag of herpes. It's awful. It's so terrible. Over it. I hate it. And the whole thing with Bloomberg now is... Um, is bad. I think this is bad. And it's so bad. <laughs> I want to talk about, I mean, I'm going to talk about it. You can share what you think, but this is, this is my big overall picture about Bloomberg. Initially, before I knew anything about him, um, you know, other than the fact that he, I know that, you know, he was good on guns in New York. Um, I hadn't heard much of him. I didn't live in New York. I really didn't follow his career. So I didn't know. And what I saw was here's this man who's a billionaire. And yeah, he came into the, to the race late. But he was funding Democrats and he he was making some kick ass ads. And I thought maybe he can because he is the guy Trump wanted to be. He's the legitimate billionaire. Um, You know, he could, you know, my mom said if he were to become the nominee, it would be, you know, the the media would call it, you know, clash of the or the battle of the New York Titans. And I do think that's pretty much what they would do. Um, and so in my ignorance, I kind of, you know, and, and actually I still kind of believe this. Like I do think Bloomberg would have an edge that none of the other candidates have where Trump is concerned specifically because he's not afraid to go after him in a way that Trump understands. That yeah. doesn't mean I think he should be the nominee. Um, I saw this segment on Chris Hayes the other night and he was really kind of just going down what what Bloomberg is about and how, you know, yes, we're aware that he's buying his way in. And yes, it's un- it's unfair that the DNC is going to allow him in when it di- when when they didn't allow Cory Booker in and they didn't allow uh, Julian Castro. But it's 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 that it's the idea that a billionaire can buy their way into an election. That's not good. That's not what the founders were uh, thinking of when they were writing the Constitution. And yes, he's got I, I can't remember the numbers on this, but it, it's like maybe uh, 40 sexual misconduct um, reports or it's 60. It's it's one like it's either 60 people and there's 40 reports or there's there's 60 reports and 40. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's he's got a lot of sexual misconduct. And of course, yeah, of course, the terrible. racism, <laughs> there's it's the racism. Also terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, look, he is our version of Trump. But when I say that, I don't think he's like Trump in, I mean, he's, he is giving money to down ticket Democrats and that's a good thing, but he's not going to, um, you know, like, I, I don't know that he would put in a very progressive, 
uh, or nominate a progressive Supreme Court justice, but maybe a Merrick Garland type, which I would be happy, you know, to take one of those. Who's Trump going to put in? It's not going to be Merrick Garland. No. And so, I mean, if he's the nominee, of course, I will be forced to vote for, for him and then I, we will deal with him. And hopefully it would, you know, we could somehow, I, I wouldn't, God forbid, eight years of Mike Bloomberg. But <laughs> if it's between Trump and Mike Bloomberg, I'm just going to have to fucking go with Mike Bloomberg. I don't want to. I really, yeah. that's not, it's more than me just not wanting to. This is not what our country is about. You know, I, I feel like, but, but where are, what's the choice? It's between awful and more awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. I, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's really frustrating. Um, I feel like Bloomberg's been planning this for several years. He's been shoveling money at Democratic races across the country. And now those um, people that are now in office, they're now backing Bloomberg. Yeah, because, because he paid them. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, much, it's pretty much a quid pro quo. It's like, yes. I will give you this. You give me your endorsement. Yes. Um, so I feel like he's been planning it. What I'm what I wish he would have done was primary Trump, like as the Republican right. that yes. Mike Bloomberg is and was in New York City for t- like, what, 12 years. He should have he should have primaried Trump. And I honestly believe he could he with the money behind mm-hmm. him and the ads he could have put out really could have really could have stuck it to Trump and maybe even gotten and then nothing would have been more embarrassing to Trump than losing in the primary yeah. where he doesn't even get to November and he's done he's just a, a lame duck from like july on i think that that would be amazing oh god but that would be great that would have been perfect but bloomberg saw an opportunity in the democrats and yeah that's the way he went and yeah. it, it's it's unfortunate because we're stuck now between like a bloomberg or like a bernie or and then i really wish biden was stronger and but he's yeah, not me too. i know um, Buttigieg is still too green for me. Yes. Um, green as a new. Right. Um, and young. Yeah. And yeah, he's young. And I just think he needs a little bit um, statewide experience at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and Warren is fantastic, but mm-hmm. I feel like she's just getting brushed under the rug. And it's really frustrating. Yeah, it is. I mean, and as far as Warren is concerned, I mean, I look at her and I feel like part of the reason, you know, I mean, my, I was talking with my mom and she's a Warren supporter and she she said, I think it really, it started, the momentum started to drop when she refused to answer the question about Medicare for all. And, and then when she finally did, after she listened to everybody and took mm-hmm. in what they had to say and came back with an answer, unfortunately, what so many people saw was, well, she's, she's flip-flopping or she can't make up her mind. And that, that's not what it is. Bernie hasn't even given us um, any kind of plan on how he's going to pay for Medicare for all. And, excuse me, he was asked about it recently, and he said, I don't know. But that's okay for Bernie to say that. But Elizabeth Warren, you know, she she knew that she was stuck between a rock and a hard place, and frankly, this was on her. She should have had the answer from the get-go. She should have not been afraid to say, of course, this is going to be about taxes, but here's how it's going to work, and then explain that you're going to pay less in taxes than you would pay for your premiums and all of that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. she didn't have that going for her, and, and it, it started a, a momentum drop, and it's really hard to get momentum back once you've lost it. And then she didn't get any delegates in New Hampshire. And so I was guilty of saying that I don't, I don't see a path for her now, and it's, it's not to say that there's no path. It's just how, 
it's harder to get momentum back than it is to build it from scratch. And she had built this huge momentum that was slow and steady. And I really thought it was just going to keep going, but that, you know, that choice to, to, to say, okay, I'm going to listen to the people and I'm going to give them an answer that is satisfying. It didn't work. No, because she's being reasonable and women have, yeah, women have to be 100% perfect all of the time and they have to have all of the answers all of the time. Men just have to show up with potential and they can, they can take hit after hit, like when Bernie embraced Joe Rogan and all this hit after hit after hit. And then not like he just, people are still like, Oh, we love Bernie. And I'm just like, but wait, like you have. Elizabeth Warren, who has yeah. a record of getting things done or, and doing it in a shorter amount of time. And then there's Bernie, who's been in Congress for 30 years. He has seven bills that he has that he is like authored that have gotten passed like three, two or three are post offices. And yeah, he's gotten some amendments in there. So basically what he does is he takes the work of other people and then slaps his name on it like every other man in every industry. <laughs> so it's like the choice is so clear. Mm-hmm. Yes. To but me you're... But you're not going to convince this ingrained misogynistic culture that we live in. And that's it. And, you know, I mean, I I, I said after the New Hampshire primary that I thought Biden was done, which I still do. Although, you know what? I could be wrong. So it's not whenever I make predictions online, it's basically just me in that day, in that moment, because I don't I'm not good at making predictions. I've never been good at it politically. And, you know, nobody really, frankly, can. Everybody thinks they did. I love how people say, oh, Bernie's the only one who can beat Trump. And then there's the other (laughs) side saying, uh, uh, if we run Bernie, he'll lose. Frankly, I don't know. I think Bernie, I think Bernie has a shot. I do. And part of the reason I say that is because he, uh, he does have the strongest polling numbers right now, but he was able to walk into West Virginia and convince those people to be for Medicare for all. So he knows how to, Obviously, he has built this huge, huge, huge following. Unfortunately, so many of them are behaving badly. But he he knows what he's doing. He's not a stupid man. And I do think that... He spent his whole career campaigning. That's what he knows how to do best. (laughs) And, you know, and I mean, I think there's a good chance that he could beat Trump. And, you know, I mean, I I try to take a look at this from an analytical point of view as opposed to a personal point of view or emotional. And so, I mean, every poll has every Democrat beating Trump. So if you're going to get down to it, Bernie right now, was on the top. Um, but what I was looking at in New Hampshire is like, okay, well, clearly Bernie came out strong in Iowa, even though Pete Buttigieg officially won. And, you know, and then he won New Hampshire. She didn't get any delegates. And then, and so I figured, you know, I had said, I don't, it makes me sad, but I don't think that she has a path. And everyone's yelling at me and saying, you know, well, you're, you're taking this on two elections. That's not what I'm taking it on. I'm taking it on, A, her lost momentum, which happened a few months ago. B, she didn't get any delegates from New Hampshire. And she is white. And she is like a middle American. And, you know, she, I just, I don't know if she can get it back. You know, it's about delegate counts. It's about vote counts. It's about showings. It's, you know, in politics, yes, it's only one election. And maybe it's, it's one tiny little state. But these optics affect and manipulate or not, but like the influence, the way people see things. So that's mm-hmm. what I was taking into account. Not that she just lost in two small states that don't necessarily represent the diversity of, of the entire nation. Um, but I do understand that, you know what? South Carolina could change everything because she has support from a lot of Hillary people. And I think, you know, she has Bernie people and Hillary people. And because I was I was a Bernie person and I I did vote for Hillary. 
um, she was not my first choice. I recognized that she was the most um, qualified person in the world and still is to be president. But yeah. but I, you know, I, I have more of a progressive way of looking at things. And Elizabeth Warren really encompasses that. And so I think a lot of people felt like me who were Bernie supporters and they were reasonable and they saw what she had to say and they're like, I like her. And then there's all these Hillary supporters who really like her. And so I think that there's like a possibility because Biden didn't do well at all. Embarrassing. He was embarrassing. It, it was, um, yeah, it was terrible. It was bad. And, I, and as much as I don't want him to be the nominee, I felt bad. You know, it's like, God. Well, with um, what we have left, like I would take Biden over Bernie or Bloomberg. Yes, hundred uh, like percent. I would too. But I feel like some of those Biden people might go to Elizabeth Warren, and if that happens, I mean, some of those people might go go to Buttigieg too. I don't know, but it's like that's the yeah. big thing. It's a big question mark. And as far as she's concerned, of course, there's a possibility that she could pick it back up. And I'm I'm voting for her no matter what in the primary. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my primary is down the line, but, and we'll probably have a nom, you know, we'll probably know who the nominee is at that point. If she's still in the race and it's not her, I'm still voting for her. But um, anyway, so this, this is going to lead me to the not so much fun part of the conversation. But as you probably are aware, um, Ryan Knight, who used to be on this show, goes by Proud Resistor, was like this staunch Elizabeth Warren fan. And right after New Hampshire, he, he quickly went over to Bernie. Now, I don't necessarily have a problem with that because I kind of understand where he's coming from. He understands, he sees it as the writing is on the wall. Bernie has the best chance of everybody. And he voted for Bernie in the primaries in 2016. So he put all of his might behind Bernie. So... You know, I'm not a Bernie supporter, and I don't believe Bernie has been vetted properly. I think not there, at all. <laughs> there are questions, not at whether all. it's about his health or about his. There's so much. Yeah, there's votes on the Russia sanctions. There's comments that he's made about Russia being a distraction. These things bother me. You know, I mean, I don't. He also said, you know, I don't. Well, how are you going to pay for Medicare for all? I don't know. What? And now he and now he's saying that like, oh, maybe it's just a jumping off point. Maybe we'll do a public option. And I'm just like, no, because you went after who'd you like everybody, Biden, <laughs> Kamala, Hillary, for for so long for not being purist about Medicare for all. And now you're gonna tell me that it's a jumping off point? Yeah, okay. No. Like what no, no. You you this is where I tell people he's a pander bear. Like it's <laughs> a giant pander bear. He's gonna say whatever he needs to say to get people to like him. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we have this giant tent full of people, including bigots and transphobic people like they're just we'll embrace everybody but no we will not embrace a moderate democrat no (laughs) how dare you (laughs) that almost sounds like you're seb gorka (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so i mean okay so ryan is um like full-on birdie now so okay fine that's i'm not going to begrudge anybody for having a favorite candidate um and i applaud anybody (laughs) who is totally engaged in the system but he has started to now you know he he is really pissed off which again i get it he's pissed off about mike bloomberg and last night i you know and 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 i have refrained from debating with him online for a a number of reasons. And and one of those reasons, if if I bring up my concerns about Bernie to him, not only am I going to have to, you know, get into it with him, which will probably be an emotional, uncomfortable, um, I don't know, conversation. I'm going to have to deal with all the crazy internet 
stands that I don't know if they're bots or if they're real people or if, what they are. And, and, and I can't fucking stand dealing with that crowd. It's worse than the MAGA crowd. They're worse. They're worse, they're worse than the MAGA crowd, 100%. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, so <laughs> I, I feel like I don't want to, you know, because he said Bernie, Bernie has been vetted. And it's like, but he really hasn't. And, you know, Ryan, who I agree with on this point, that we are in a primary season, so we have to vet everybody. Even if it's uncomfortable, it doesn't mean we're attacking. It just means we're calling out things because we're concerned that that, that's going to be called out in the general and hurt us. So we have to get that shit out of the way. And he doesn't want to even open his eyes to some of these glaring problems with Bernie Sanders, which... I did with Elizabeth Warren, who, you know, I mean, he was, Ryan was fully on her team. And until that day, until the next day when he announced after the primary that he was all in for Bernie. And I, I mean, I feel like he's just closing his eyes to some of the issues and problems that can come up. And I'm not the person who says Bernie can't win. I think Bernie might win. He could if he becomes the nominee. Um, But I feel like, you know, and I think that it would be, and I want to talk to you about a Bernie um, Warren ticket in a minute, but as far as Ryan is concerned, he posted something yesterday and it was about Bloomberg, which, you know, we already discussed this, you know how I feel. I'm going to vote for him if he's the nominee, but I don't want to. And I really don't think he deserves the nomination and I really hope it doesn't come to that. But if it does, I'm going to deal with what is in front of my face. And so, Brian, yeah, and Ryan is basically saying that, um, you know, this is where he draws the line with with Bloomberg and that and, and, and it sounds as if he's drawing the line at the general. So if Bloomberg becomes the nominee, he's not going to vote for him. And then he says, you've been warned. And so I, <laughs> I said, I, I just said, you know what, Ryan? I said, I quoted, you've been warned. And I said, this is too far for me. And I, I unfollowed him. And I didn't want to because we did have a nice rapport on the show and I was on his show. Um but I just can't see that in my feed. I can't see the toxic. And then the thing is, is that he gets comments that are extremely toxic from Bernie supporters who are just awful. And then, um, so he replied and it wasn't to me. He replied to somebody who was like mocking me or, you know, didn't like me. And then he, he, he included me in this group of collective hysteria. And then he's even said on a few tweets on his own, just, down his feed that there is a hist- like the we're becoming hysterical or hysteria whatever and uh, i'm not hysterical and that's a very misogynist word it's, to choose it's it's it is absolutely misogynistic because yeah it comes from like yeah it's 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 a feminine word like hyster like hysterectomy yeah 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 so um whether he realizes that or not which i don't know if he realizes that but um I'm not being hysterical. I'm trying very no. hard to just be reasonable. And the last thing I want to fucking do is vote for Mike Bloomberg. But, you know, I mean, I'm going to promote the dude's videos if, if they're good videos, because the more they're out there, the more Trump is going to see them. And, and, and I know that that shit drives Trump crazy. So it's like, I will promote his videos when they're good. And I'm trying to just be as reasonable as possible. And so it's un- it was unfortunate that he referred to me as be- basically as being hysterical because I, I you know, I, I had to block him because I can't fucking have that. And I mean, the 2016 primary and just general election was awful. It was fucking awful. And now, you know, I mean, these Bernie supporters who are bad because there's a lot of them who are not bad, but... Unfortunately, they're not the ones who are getting the attention. The ones who are getting the attention are bringing 
coffins to events to to mark the end, the death of Joe Biden's campaign. And it's like, why isn't Bernie condemning this? This is so he doesn't condemn it because he want he doesn't he doesn't endorse it mm-hmm. like he doesn't like but he doesn't say no to it he because he it. wants that he allows it because he wants that support and he feels that if he calls it out then they, these people are so toxic that they may actually turn on him yeah. like that's who these people are like when he said he backed Hillary all these people are like oh how how dare you right. like back Hillary and it's like this, these people are toxic and they make excuses for all of Bernie's failings like for everything that. Yeah. We should be vetting Bernie on. They have an excuse for it. Where if it were any other candidate, they already would have been canceled. They already would have been out of the yeah. race. They would have been like, I can't believe that. Like if any, say if Biden did half the things that Bernie did, he, yeah. I mean, Biden would be out. Warren would be out. They all be out. Or if they're they supporters. Be- I mean, if, you know, and, and the thing with Biden, bringing a coffin to an event is so bad because he's so many of his fucking family members have died and his son died not too long ago of cancer. Right. And so it's like, you know, why, you know, and then I brought this up. Uh, I said that it was unacceptable and somebody brought up the fact that they were poor and, you know, alleged that you know I had something against them and I said bringing a coffin to an event has nothing to do with poor people this is horrible <laughs> yeah. fucking behavior you know yeah, do not tell me up. I hate poor people and you know what I I have my own it's fucking al- problems with money <laughs> right and it's also insinuating that you want him dead and he's a yes. former vice president he's a former vice president the man still had, I think he still has secret service doesn't he, he should, like, yeah he should yeah yeah like he's a former vice president and you're going to bring a coffin to one of his events insinuating that you want him dead. Like what the hell is wrong with you? It, like it's, it's, it's like, like you could, they could have gone about it in a way where they're protesting him. Fine. Right. Freedom of speech. Do what you yes. do. But to bring a coffin yeah. to, specifically to a Joe Biden event where he's had so much death in his life. Yes. That's uh, just, yes. It's, it's so messed up. And it's, then it's beyond the pale. Fred Gutenberg who lost his daughter in, in the Parkland show. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, he, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's very, vocal about these these supporters and I want to be clear I know that it's not every Bernie supporter and I was one I was one of the reasonable runs ones so I completely get that they exist they're just quieter and they're not causing a fucking fuss and you know and unfortunately if you even bring it up that that you know there are negative Bernie supporters out there they're like hey 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 you know don't paint me in that I'm not I'm not but there there are people who are it's not just trolls because trolls didn't show up Uh, I mean uh, I'm sorry Trolls are usually online. These are actual people who showed up to events and they like they booed Pete Buttigieg in New Hampshire. And it's yeah. like, come on, man. I, you may not like the person, but leave it alone. Why yeah, do you have to be so be fucking toxic? If you can't win on your ideas alone and you have to be toxic and you have to boo other people, like and you're just showing, first of all, they're just showing us who they are. Yeah. They're not doing anything to these candidates, but showing us who they, who they personally are and they're terrible humans. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with Bernie's vision or his policy. Yeah. This is about the behavior of his followers and it's getting out of control. And I have avoided this for so long. It's, I mean, I haven't, I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast, but I try to avoid it online. I try, especially try to avoid it on Facebook because that's the worst at oh, least Facebook's yeah oh, it it's is. the worst but I barely go on Facebook anymore <laughs> but with Twitter at least you can a hide replies and you can it's easier for me to avoid replies on Twitter for some reason than it is on Facebook but um 
because I think Twitter has a tendency to feel a little bit more like this mass pile of people where Facebook is a little bit more personal and intimate. So I don't want to necessarily ignore comments on, on my Facebook page, which of course I do sometimes just because I miss them. But back to it, I just, I feel like if Bernie becomes the nominee, I'm not going to love it, but I will find a way in, you know, I will find a way to get on board especially if he brings on a good VP. And here's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, there's talk about Stacey Abrams and I absolutely know he's not going to go for a centrist Democrat. Um, I don't think that he would pick Kamala Harris because I think he would view her as a centrist, but there's Stacey Abrams who. She's um, my dream candidate. Yeah. She is my dream candidate. Yeah, she really I is. wish she had run for president. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I can't, cons- I, I mean, what, what is she considered? Is she considered centrist? I just view her as a Democrat. I, don't I see, see her. her. I see her as a pretty solid Democrat. She's a Georgia Democrat. She's she's. I would say she's pretty progressive, but she's yeah. but she's like very pragmatic. Right. Like she's she falls probably around where I do, where I'm like left, but not ultra left. You know, like I'm just I kind of like hover around center to mid center, like 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 to mid left, like around somewhere in there. So yeah. I feel like she's just a solid. Democrat with democratic values, progressive values. She's always going to vote the right way right. kind of thing. Yeah. Right, like right, we, we right. don't have to worry about her like getting swayed by the right or anything like that. Like I honestly believe like she's just a solid, solid candidate in person. Yeah. And I mean, so it, I'd say out of the two, well, it's, it's, it's a much bigger field than two, but like out of two possibilities, I really like if he were to choose Elizabeth Warren or um, Stacey Abrams and Here's part of the reason why. I mean, I think that either one of those women could help him get elected, which, of course, if he is the nominee, he needs to win because we can't have more Trump. But um, I feel like the man is 78 years old and he had a heart attack. And even though he's going really strong and he could easily live into his 90s, he could live past 100 and he could never have another heart attack again. We do not know. And, you know, I worry. I worry and about it's just, it. That's just the reality of it. We can't yeah. be like we're being ageist about it. We're being realistic about it because of his current his health situation. He just had a heart attack. He just had heart surgery. Like that's something real that yeah. happened. And if it were my family member, if it were my parent, I would yeah. be worried. You know, and exactly. so I, I always look at it that way. I mean, I think the best age for, for a president is like, you know, between like, say, 46 and 60. I think those are the, the yeah, best agree. ages. But, you know, I mean, OK, I, 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 I see Bernie and all, like same with Elizabeth Warren. She's got so much fuck. She has more energy than I do. And oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> that woman is like a freaking machine. So obviously, everyone is different, and there are people who live into like I had an aunt who lived to be 103, and for the most part, she was good to go the whole way. But you know, there is the truth of it, and the truth of it is he had a heart attack, and he's not revealing his his um, medical records. He got a note from his doctor saying that he's okay, but we didn't get to see his records, so we don't know what the deal is with him, and. If there's nothing to hide, then just show us you're, you're fine. But even if you're fine, you're 78 and you had a heart attack, it could happen again. And so whoever you choose, please be somebody strong like Elizabeth Warren or like Stacey Abrams. I mean, I don't know if Elizabeth Warren would be um, like some people might just see that as way too progressive. That's St- my worry. Yeah. And yeah. Stacey Abrams is somebody that could maybe bring in those people who feel like, you know, but I think the people who would feel like they were way too progressive, um, for the most part, I think they're still going to vote for 
for the Democratic ticket. You know, I, I, I would assume. Yeah. I don't know. But um, you have two New England, two New England progressives. Yeah. Like and like that people both consider very progressive. Right. So it's like it does. I think that if you pick someone for like a, a Southern Democrat. Yeah. Like a woman of color. I and she's beyond qualified. And she's, she's pretty much well loved by everybody. Nobody dislikes her. You know, there's That's no like anti Stacey Abrams thing. No, <laughs> she's so <laughs> she, she's yeah. They'll probably they'll work on that. Yeah. But she but she's so wonderful and and so Georgia smart. loves her. She yeah. should have won that election. Yeah. But the guy who who won ran the election. So whoa, lo and behold, he won. How'd that happen? <laughs> yeah, she should have won, and she got cheated. And like you said, she's never she's never going to vote with Republicans. She's so smart. The thing that I like about her so much is that she's incredibly articulate and well-spoken. And if you have a question for her, man, she's got an answer for you. Yeah. And she doesn't just sound rehearsed. She sounds knowledgeable. It's she like, knows her shit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, I would absolutely love to see her. And I would, I would love to see him pick somebody like her because I think that she would make people like me feel a little bit more comfortable. I mean, I don't want him to go and pick some weird, random, like, Ralph Nader type. You know, I hope to, that he doesn't Tulsa, do that. Like Tulsi or something. Yeah, but like I don't that, think yeah. he would pick. I don't think he would pick Tulsi, and I don't think he think he'd pick somebody like Nina Turner because I think oh, he God. would recognize. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I just had like a, a reaction to that. Well, I think that <laughs> he would recognize reaction. there would that that because again, he's not stupid. So if he's gonna if he's gonna run, he's gonna want to win. And I think that he's got you know Nina out there is, is, is she's screaming about him and you know yay bernie and but she she's come off in my opinion as as just a little too much she's she's she, she sounded like a preacher when i saw her um the last time and, and it's divisive and you know what i met nina turner and i fucking loved her i met yeah. her i met her at netroots in 2015 i had my picture taken with her and she was awesome and i've listened to her recently and you know what? I agree with so much of what they say. It's how they say it. It's the way they are. It's their, their, their. And so they make moderates like me feel like I'm like, I'm the devil. And it's yeah. just like, that's what I get with me. Like, I don't disagree with 97% of what they say. Right. I agree with it. But then they're, they come at me and I'm just like, or not me specifically, right. but just like my, my brand, a Democrat. Yeah. And I'm, and I just feel, I'm just like, it, it's a turn. I, turned off by it. Well, I'm it's just understandable. Like, it turns off to me yeah. and I'm extremely progressive. You know, I mean, the only reason I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm as progressive as Ryan Knight. I'm as progressive as Bernie Sanders. I'm a, as progressive as Elizabeth Warren, but I also recognize that, you know, we live in a country where there are moderate Democrats and that there are crazy ass evangelical conservatives. And so yeah. we're all going to have to figure it out, man. We're going to have to coexist and, we're so divided right now. We used to be able to coexist better. I mean, not to say that we never had our issues and our faults, but I think with Fox News and the internet and all this, you know, this new kind of, pro there's a progressive, I don't like to call them far left because it doesn't seem like left to me. Um, Bernie yeah. attacks the Democratic Party. And so does- He always has. Yeah, always and so has. does yeah. Tulsi and so does- a lot of Bernie's followers and it's like, well, we only have two parties. You can't win on your own. You can't win in any kind of independent party. This is what we've got to work with. And if you're attacking the party that you're using to run, yeah, 
that's killing us. But and here's another maybe real scenario. So in Vermont, Bernie, who couldn't win under whatever party he was running with before, and then went independent, and then uses the Democrats like a booty call to get elected. Mm -hmm. So what he does is he weeds out in the primary, he weeds out the Democrats and people vote for him. That's fine. You win fair and square. That's fine. But he doesn't accept the nomination. So he basically weeds out, runs as a Democrat, weeds out the primary competition, and then doesn't accept the nomination and goes back to being an independent. I think that's bullshit. I don't think the Democratic Party should allow it. No, because I, I'm I like, disagree. Yeah, it's I, like he well, should, I agree if, with you. If you want to, yeah, if you want to run as an independent, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But let the let the Democratic Party pick their candidate, right. and then you can run up against that candidate. And then if you still win, good for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it's about voting and convincing people to vote. And if you can do that, then, you know, you got it. And so, uh, but it's, it's just, um, this divide is so much. And, you know, I mean, I try very hard. I do try very hard to be fair and to be reasonable. And I, and I, I get the appeal of Bernie. I get him because I was yeah. one of those people who was for him. Um, and I still will, I will say this all the time. I, I like the vision that he has, but he just doesn't offer us the plans and the details that Elizabeth Warren does. That's why she's so, in my opinion, like so perfect. And when I say perfect, of course, I mean, everybody's flawed. I, I don't mean to say that somebody is, you know, should be put on a pedestal, but I mean, she offers exactly what I want in a candidate. She's earnest. She's sincere. She's, she's a freaking wonk. She's, she cares about people. Um, she's going to make mistakes, but she's also, um, willing to address those mistakes. If, if she's called out on something like when she was about paying for Medicare for all, she came up with an answer. Yeah. You know, she yeah, didn't just, exactly. she didn't pretend that they didn't ask her. She thought about it and she listened. And isn't that what an elected official is all about to listen to what the people are saying and then uh -oh. say, I heard you. And here's, here's what I have for you after I heard you, you know, I mean, those are the kinds of things that I want in an elected yeah. official. And so, you know, I mean, as progressive as I am, I, I, I recognize, like I said, we're going to have to find compromises and it bothers me because until we, I mean, what scares me is if Bernie wins, okay, it's going to be tough because I don't, I don't know what kind of president he's going to be. I'm not convinced that he's going to be a good president. When Hillary Clinton I, said people didn't like him, she meant people in Congress. That, that that's what she meant. Off. That's what she meant. Yeah, yeah, that's what they... And I hope he... And if he were to win the nomination, I hope he accepts the nomination. That's my biggest fear, is that he's going to do what he does in Vermont and, like, maybe get get the delegates and then, be, and then not accept it. And then what then? Like, I... Right. Well, I would think I he see. wouldn't do that, but I was... I don't know. I don't... I would say I he may not. The reason why I would say he wouldn't do that is because I would imagine every president or every presidential candidate wants to win and then win a second term. I don't think that he could win a second term by doing that because uh, I think the Republicans would get their shit together and probably take over in 2024 if he were to do something like that because Democrats would be a complete mess. That's what some, I'm saying. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Like, I really hope if he does get the nomination that he that he would accept the nomination yeah, i think i think there's a likelihood that he would because he because his goal is to get you know reelected in four years so um but you know what do i know again i i i can make a prediction that doesn't mean that i know what i'm talking about it's all guesswork we're all just guessing and it's so fucking frustrating i swear to god i hate primary season i hate it and i just yeah. you know I'm, I'm disappointed because with ryan knight i felt like um you know, our, our 
our start was a little rocky because I think I first became aware of him when, remember when that Nazi was punched? Do you remember somebody punched a Nazi and then the yeah, internet was I, divided? So I was on the side of, I don't think we should start punching people. I don't, I, I don't care who they are. I don't think as, as a society, it should be acceptable to walk up to people and start punching them. I fucking hate Nazis and they deserve to be punched, but I don't think we should feel comfortable doing that. And so he was defending it. And during that time, he mentioned that, you know, he was muting people who disagreed with him. So I assumed that I was, <laughs> I was muted. I, I didn't know, but I assumed. So later on, there was some kind of comment that I, you know, I, I, I replied to. And I said, I don't know if Ryan muted me, um, but whatever I said. And then I saw Ryan liked it. So later on, uh, you know, after, you know, he was very upset with Nancy Pelosi and he was saying all these things, you know, (laughs) about her. (laughs) And and then when she decided (laughs) to finally impeach, um, it was, you know, he... He He took credit for it. He (laughs) took some credit for it, but he, you know, I mean, it, it was where we could finally kind of see eye to eye so I I was like all right well then we can see eye to eye and then you know we were we were friendly um for a while and he invited me to be on his show because he was uh, he was clearly a Warren supporter and so was I and then you know I had him on my show and and everything was great so it's like I, I I don't I'm not blocking him because he's supporting Bernie there are plenty of people that I am friends with and you know that are on my Facebook and Twitter that Absolutely. they support Bernie and I don't yeah. care. I have it's, lots of family and friends who love who love Bernie and it, we just have a difference of opinion. Right, and but I don't want to be called hysterical, you know. And no, and, that's and, extremely sexist. And I it's, also it's, don't want to be lumped into this group who's just fine with Bloomberg because I'm not. I'm not just fine with him. No, so, and that's kind of how he's pegging me. He doesn't understand, and I don't. I just don't want to have an argument with him. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to. I know he's passionate, and I know his heart is with the progressive movement, and that's cool. And I have no problem with that. But I'm just, I, I don't. I don't want to get into the negatives because it's it's too st- stressful. And you know, I mean, I've been in the, and I've talked about this on a, a podcast before, but I've been utilizing manifestation. And basically, long and short is, you know, I like to put it out there what it is that I want and then I like to visualize me having that and then I do inspired action to have that and so what that means for me is I am if I have a you know uh, most of my life I have been very negative and hard on myself I I have said terrible things to myself about my body um about my money situation, whatever it is. I've told myself that I'm a loser. I've told myself that I'm fat and ugly and it's just horrible things. I've been abusive to myself. And so the manifestation has made such a difference for me because um, it's, when, I, when I have a negative thought, I replace it with a thought of gratitude. You know, I'm grateful yeah. for whatever it is. I mean, it could be if I'm in a shitty fucking mood, I'll just be like, okay, I'm grateful that I have this wonderful, comfortable bed. Or, what, or I'm grateful for my cat. I'm grateful for Bob. Whatever it is. I just, Attitude of gratitude. Yes. Yep. I just find something. Because then that lifts you out of your negative state. I had a tendency to chew on negativity. I would, I would start the I'm a loser and then go down the tunnel. And, and I would whip myself into this frenzy of everything that I didn't have and everything that I... But I was, you know, it's like, okay, now I'm not going to do that. I'm going to focus on what I do have because I have a lot. And, you know, and it's like I don't want to get into negative uh, 
stressful, upsetting debates with people who I agree with, basically. You know what I mean? It's like, we see exactly. it the same way. We see it yeah, the same way. Yeah, it's so way. frustrating. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, I want I want to be, I, I, I want to find the positive. And it has really helped because I was so fucking stressed at the end of the year. I was a fucking mess. I called up a friend of mine and I was, I was, I was crying so hard that I really couldn't even finish a sentence. And, you know, and she said to me that I should try doing the manifesting. And, and so it was like, when she said that I was, I looked it up and I started reading about it and, you know, I I dabbled in it before and, you know, and it's, 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 I've explained on the show, it's not magic. It's not like all of you make a wish and sit back and wait. It's not like that, but it's just this whole way of being grateful and living in, you know, a a state where you're appreciative of your life and, and recognizing that you deserve you know, whatever it is that you're looking for. And, Absolutely. You know, I have a great author. I have a great author for you. I can tell you now, or I can tell you later. Yeah, um, who is it? Um, Tasha Silver. She's, she's um, my, I've been reading her for the last couple of years. She has some great books out there. Awesome. Um, like Outrageous openness, and it's, 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 she's great. I yeah, really I mean, I, I have been more, you know, I mean, it's funny because a lot of the, uh, I go to like in YouTube videos and, and I don't pay anybody anything. I just, um, I like to find whether it's a YouTube video or a blog. Um, it's kind of like a church thing where, you know, it's like, I know how to do it. Um, but when I watch some of these videos by people who I think are good and, and the way they present themselves and the way they present manifesting, it fits into what I like to believe. And, um, so it's like church. It just reminds you of, you know, okay, don't forget, be, you know, don't get all bunched up if you're not seeing results right away and, you know, just be calm and trust that the universe works and blah, 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 blah. Um, no, I forgot what I was going to say. What was my point? Um, Shoot, what was my point? I don't know. Long story short, it just helps. You know, I mean, it's like, it, it's oh, not, oh, your I know, attitude I is everything. Attitude's I, everything. I know I was yeah. going to say, it's like there have been a few people who utilize crystals and they utilize um, like oils and things like that. And while some may write that off as being kooky, I don't use them. But I feel like, you know what, maybe down the line, I would want to. And, and the way I would look at it is it's not the actual crystal, it's your belief. That's it. I just saged my entire apartment today. Like I saged it from top to bottom. And it's like some people would call me crazy, like very Marianne Williamson of me. But <laughs> but I it, it is what I the belief I put behind it and the energy and I like I like the smell of it. And it just like it just I feel like personally it might change the energy of the room. And maybe it doesn't, but to but me it, it does. But your belief so, if yeah. you believe that it does, yeah. then it does. Yeah. <laughs> You know, exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's all about what you're putting behind it. And yeah. Maybe somebody can do that without, you know, needing to, you know, burn an herb, but you know, that's, <laughs> it's all to each their own. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's what I've kind of just decided like, Hey, I like doing what I'm doing right now. It has, it has really saved me. I haven't had, um, I mean, I've been pissed off and I've had some harder days in this. What is it? It's, it's the, 19 are we no it's the 17th so like a month and a half now I've been doing it and I have noticed such a difference in my mood where I don't I just don't give in to the negative thoughts anymore I absolutely refuse it doesn't mean I don't have them I just don't give in to them and so it's made an enormous difference and, it, and I'm trying to utilize it with my um view on politics. I mean, I can't control what other people are going to do and how they're going to vote and how they're going to behave, but I, I still just keep trying to visualize, um, 
positivity in this election and, you know, winning the election. I'm not going to worry about who's going to get the nominee at this point. But once that person gets that nomination, I'm going to be visualizing that they win with a full on blue Congress. And, you know, I mean, the Uh more people that do that, the more shot we have. Because I, yeah, we're actually we going to be, vote blue. <laughs> I think we need to be more pro our candidate and less anti-Trump. Because when we're this is just me and how I think is like if we're giving all our energy to Trump, mm-hmm. that just helps him. Yeah, and that's true because they say like bad presses and any press is good press. So it's yeah. like the, any energy that he gets. So yeah, we should be able to be or, or we should be pro our candidate and find the things because you know what if Pete Buttigieg is the candidate, I'm going to find the things about him that I like and I'm going to exactly. focus on those and I'm going to get over myself because I didn't get my first choice because I'm an adult and I'm not. That's hysterical. it. Like I don't. My first choice is long out of the race. So like I, yeah. right now, I don't. I don't really have like a candidate. I'm fully putting all of my support behind right now. But like I don't particularly want Bernie, but I would vote for him. And if he were the nominee, I don't particularly want Bloomberg, but I would yeah. vote for him if he's the nominee. I don't particularly want Buttigieg, but I would vote for him if he's the nominee. It's like basically any all these B names. Like I know. All, it's so weird. B. It's like what's that about? But that's but just so that's, weird. Yeah. Um, but that's where I'm at. I'm just like, we just have to put our differences aside. Like I don't have my number one candidate. My number one candidate's not in the race anymore. Yeah. So, so, that, so now I'm just hopeful that whoever's the nominee picks Stacey Abrams. Cause then I'll just, I'll, <laughs> I'll be really excited. Yeah. That would make me really, really excited. Oh my God. That would be great. And then also, did you yeah. see, let me, let me find it here. Um, there is a woman, oh, where is it? I think she so a woman wrote a bill that men have to have vasectomies over the age of 50 if they've had three <laughs> children. Do you know remember what state that's in? I have to look. I feel, it's a southern state. I feel yeah. like it's Alabama or something like that. Yeah. Oh my god. I love this because Ted Cruz, it's Alabama. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Alabama. Yeah. Ted Cruz was all <laughs> upset about this and it's like, "Oh. Oh, you're upset." Now, now look, I get there is a difference of having an abortion and getting a vasectomy. But I guess, you you know, I mean, I, when I looked up the meaning... Vasectomy is far less invasive. Of course it is. <laughs> and um, it prevents pregnancy and everybody will be better off. Yes. And, and but I mean, I think in terms of, you know, people want to say that, uh, well, it's human life. You're, you're, you're offing human life if you're having an abortion. And if you have a vasectomy, you're not doing that. But even though mm. human life is, I think the... the I looked it up and from what I could find, human life starts at the, you know, when, when it sperm meets the egg implementation. Um, but I'm sorry. I think sperm would be human life. It's coming out of a human and it becomes a it's human. Exactly. So if it you, is. if you masturbate, you are killing potential human beings. Uh, every sperm is sacred. It is. As for Monty, <laughs> Monty Python. Yeah. Every sperm. <laughs> But I just yeah. love that this woman is doing that because it's like they have to get they have to get a vasectomy at fifty or if they've had three if they've had three children no matter how old they are, and obviously this is bullshit and it's never going to pass. But hello, this is such a great way to demonstrate the ridiculousness of it because we all know and it's been said a million times if men could get pregnant you'd have a fucking abortion clinic on every corner. I mean it would just be so easy to get it would be free and it would just be a no brainer. But Absolutely. that's not the country we live in. That's not the world we live in. But I appreciate it when, especially when women lawmakers do things like this, because it, it, it kind of like it makes women and it makes men who are for choice 
riled up. You know, it just gets us going. It makes us happy. It makes us go, look, see? And then you've got freaking Ted Cruz freaking out about it and tweeting he about it. He fell right into that. He fell right <laughs> into that trap. It was like, he's like a big old bear seeing a pot of honey and he was like stuck his fist right in there. And he... Um, it's like, oh, Teddy. He likes to think he's so smart. <laughs> oh, God. So let me ask you this before we go. Do you, do you have... Um, do you have any idea about this coming alive? What do you feel about 2020? How confident are you feeling? I feel pretty confident as far as beating Trump. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't particularly like Bernie, so I want to say that Bernie will lose to Trump. But I, like, I, don't, I don't know. And I think, I think any candidate we put against Trump, if we can all unite, mm-hmm. he's not going to win. He didn't win last time. Right. That's, what, that's my bigger concern is yeah. that it's going to get rigged again. Yes. Well, me that, too. We're gonna have, that we're going to have like 10,000 votes in three states that decide the election. Like these yeah. specific counties with election, with voting machines that were like from like Ivanka Trump or something. Like <laughs> yeah. something like that. Like I'm just like, I, I think we need, we do need paper. I think we everyone should adopt, every state should adopt Oregon's mm-hmm. method of voting. Um, which is paper ballots, you get your receipt. You know the issues. You can vote on the issues. Yeah, that that is absolutely perfect, and that's what I would love. And you know, I agree with you. Like, I don't have a. I don't think, based on voter turnout, I think we're going to win. Um, yeah. With cheating, I don't know because that's just the, it. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Like, you just know they're going to try to cheat. Yeah. Like, at Republicans, that's what they do. They can't win on ideas, so they mm-hmm. cheat. They purge the voter rolls. They, mm-hmm. per, they they prevent people from voting. They limit the amount of polling places. They make it really hard to get to the polling places. They like they make it as hard as possible to vote. They get these machines that change your vote as you submit it. So it's like they 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 literally rig the election, and that's not conspiracy theory. That is no. literally what's happening. So that's my bigger concern is because we we had the voter turnout in 2016. Mm-hmm. Hillary yeah. Clinton won by three million votes, yeah. but Trump still became president because of stupid, archaic electoral college bullshit that they were able to manipulate, and it worked. And yeah. that's what I'm. That's my bigger fear. Well, and then there's also you know I mean there's. I'm sure you read that article in the Atlantic um, that was talking about how the disinformation, like Trump, Trump co is spending a billion dollars on, um, you know, all kinds of disinformation and confusing messages. And not only that, Steve Bannon said he was going to flood, flood the news cycle with shit. And just the other day, Drudge came out with this fucking bullshit story that... Oh, um, absolutely bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Bloomberg was considering Hillary as a VP. And you know what? That is so meant to disrupt because... It was. Obviously, all of the Bernie supporters who fucking Ugh. hate Hillary with a passion, um, that's going to rile them up. And, yeah. you know, and if you're a centrist there, I saw a lot of centrists on Twitter going, well, so what do you think about this? And it's like, it's not real. It's, it's not, not real. It's not. And then it's also it's it's making, um, you know, people like Don Jr. put this out into the and, and so there are freaking magas out that Hillary's coming back and it, it's such bullshit. And so it's like my fear is that a combination of uh, an election we can't trust with massive amounts of disinformation. You know, Bob, the other day, put up on his Facebook page that we have to be careful. Let's assume everything is, a, you know, is bullshit until we verified it. And somebody answered on his thread, and I don't remember what they said, but whatever they said, they posted this link to, um, like, News Thump or something. And 
and it was like Bob clicked on it. And, and the first article that comes up is something about how Trump and Melania wow at some event. And, and then you go down and then there's another uh, Buttigieg aide is really has, has set up some kind of Nigerian Twitter. I don't know, some kind of bullshit. Oh, and, I saw um, that. That was so I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and so it's a news thumper. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like he, he I couldn't believe it. It's like he tells everybody you have to check and make sure that, you know, these are coming from trusted, vetted sources. And somebody puts up this bullshit block to prove him wrong and it's like uh, so democrats as much as they'd like to believe they're so smart and savvy now are still falling for the disinformation that's out there and so much there's gonna you know they're they're put as steve bannon wanted and said that they're doing they're filling the news cycle with shit they're making everybody crazy and all excited and all we have to really do all we have to do is just focus on the candidate that we want that we want Right now, we vote on them, we vote for them in the primary, and then we come together and we don't fucking pay attention to the noise. And if you're going to see a blog that you've never heard the name of, click yeah. on the sources in that. Exactly. They're clickable. It's, it's not hard. And if they don't have any sources, then don't they're believe not, them. Yeah, if nothing's hyperlinked, then it is probably bullshit. Yeah. And I mean, because sometimes. Especially if it's a blog, because like I've written so many blogs and like I would just source the hell out of it. Because mm-hmm. I've written for blogs that almost, that look, suspicious right. and like and I write for my own blog and when it's and when I write satire when I write fake news which I try to really make obvious mm-hmm. these days because like I used to write more satire back in the day of Barack Obama when you could be a little bit more like <laughs> now it would just be people would get on my case about it but yeah I make it really obvious that it's satire and I put a satire disclaimer link like button right in the article yeah. like don't fall for this even though it's obviously satire but Still, people believe. Well, you got to click the links too, because you, just because you yeah. see one, because a lot oh, of yeah, times yeah. what they'll do is they'll they'll link themselves. They click a, back. They click back to their website. Yeah. Like it'll be like Trump something something, and then it just goes to all the Trump articles within right. their website. Right. It's and I'm just like wow. So you okay. have to be aware of that, and it's like yeah. you know there was another. Um, it was funny because there was this libertarian guy. He's a conservative libertarian who we got along, even though we disagreed. Eventually, eventually he wound up um, blocking me, which is funny because he said that he would never block me, and um, and then he blocked me because I guess I was just too much of a feminist for him. But anyway, um, he had tried to back up whatever point he was making with some post and I clicked on the post and I opened it up and every single time you clicked on a source link or a hyperlink, it was, it was an ad for like real estate. Oh, oh shit. So <laughs> it's like people have to check unless you're seeing Washington post, New York times, daily beast, Politico. And sometimes those, yeah. those, um, publications get things wrong, but they clarify it. Like, I don't know what, you know, New York times fucks up headlines all the fucking time. The way they, frame things i don't like it but they are trusted so is the wall street journal take out the opinion section and you can trust what they say yeah but it's pretty much straight news if, yeah yeah without the opinions yeah so it's like you know i mean just make sure that you are you don't fall for these news thump sites because they're just some blogger sitting in their house which okay you and i do that but we're sourcing legitimate sources these other people that you know don't assume that it's all fake just don't assume anything. Check. Yeah, be cautious. Check it all. Yes, check it all but yeah. Somebody said online, like when I said, this is not real, when it was about Hillary possibly being Bloomberg's VP, they said, you can't believe anything. And I said, no, do not take on this 
idea that we can't trust anything. Don't automatically trust everything you see. Check sources. And if you check the uh, Bloomberg thing, which was in the post, it goes back to Drudge. <laughs> so it's like oh, Drudge wow. is where it came up. This is who came up with this rumor. And they're, pla- they have, they're planting it, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're filling the news cycle with shit. That's what's happening. And then happening. it's a game of telephone, and then it almost, it almost seems like it's being reported by reputable sources when, like, some other people latch on to it. Right. And it's, so it's yeah. like, oh, my God. It's like, be, and you know, I mean, I'm going to go with Bob. Assume everything is fake until it's been verified. Because we don't know. In this day and age... There are, are deep state videos. There are things, you know, I mean, or whatever, deep fake videos. And we don't always know. I mean, they're going to come out in this election. They're, and it looks like you can make it look like Obama is talking and you could think it's real. So, we, so we have to be like careful. That. I don't like it either. You know what else I'm a little worried about is, and, I, and I'm not, this is a hard one for me. And I'm not even going to say what what the um, content was because it's very controversial if I were to even doubt this but I I saw this video and you know how we always see there's always like a racist video where you or like you know there was that video of somebody on the plane who wouldn't sit next to a crying baby I don't know if you saw that that was just out the other day Um, I didn't see it but I heard about it but you know I mean there's always these videos that people are catching on their phones and you know racism is is either racism or sexism most of the time it's racism but I there was this one video that I saw and I was watching it and I wondered, is, is this a stunt or is this real? Because it felt like a stunt. But I don't know. There's no way for me to prove it. Maybe it was absolutely 100% real. But it was like, what if sometimes some of these videos are created to make us all feel that it's worse than it actually is? And I'm not, I don't want to say that I don't think racism is real. It clearly is very fucking real. And misogyny is real and bigotry is real. And it, it's, it's rampant in our society. But I also think that people like... Um, Brad Parscale and, you know, that, that guy, oh God, I can't, I can't think of his name. I can see his face, but he's the one who did all those fake videos, um, with like Planned Parenthood. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, I mean, they, they create yeah. these, they, they edit videos to make it look like it's bad when it really isn't. So it's like, I just wonder, are there people out there, are there bad actors out there making some of these videos to make us all angry? I, I do believe a lot of them are legit and caught on, you know, people are pulling out their phones and they should always do them. I, mean, I had an incident last summer when um, I drove up on this. There was this black man and he was like in a, a, like a median strip and it was just a residential neighborhood. But the cops had him and there was they were there was like three or four cops and they were all on him. And it was just this one guy. And and I thought, what the fuck is going on? So there was a crowd and I pulled over and I pulled out my phone because my first reaction is from what I see on the internet where white, and they were all white police officers and they were physically holding this one man down. And so I stayed and, you know, eventually, thankfully, there were so many people recording this and all the cops saw it. Um, Nothing happened. And, you know, the guy was not abused. I don't know, you know, they claimed that he stole something. I didn't see anything. I don't know what the deal was. But fortunately, they, 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 they cuffed him and they took him away and nobody was hurt. But I was afraid. Like, I thought yeah. to myself, am I going to watch, an, like, with Eric Garland, are they going to kill him in front of me? You know, and, and so we see these videos and we're, we're affected by them. And 
I just thought, you know, I mean, I've seen a few videos that I thought, is this real? I mean, sometimes like with the baby on the airplane, yes, that was real because it was on an airplane. You can't fake that. I would, I would, I'm going to say that like most of what we see as far as, um, raw footage, stuff like that from, from regular people is probably, it's probably real. Yes. Um, there's like, and if it weren't, we would probably be able to tell that it wasn't. Um, cause it's just, yeah. There was this one, that. there was this one video though, where there was a person in a garage and, and, and the way that it was, it, it just felt weird. Like it was hard for me to trust it. And so I yeah. just, you and know, I, I mean, and it, then you might, you're, then you're probably right. If, well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a guess because right now we're questioning everything. Well, and that's so it. That, you know, and, as far as Brad Parscale too, like I met that dude. He's you he's did? a yeah, he's a literal giant. Like he's like six seven. He's a, wow, he's huge, and um, he he basically because he ran digital for for Trump last last go around. Now he's the campaign manager, but he basically said like they were like they were going on Twitter and just like basically throwing stuff at the wall to see what mm-hmm. stuck and the wall and what and the wall is what stuck like the stupid border wall right like what people got most likes and most engagement the most this and then that so like they were being outrageous and extreme on purpose to see what stuck and would see what rile up voters see what they could use at at rallies to and they would plant people at rallies Mm -hmm. to get stuff going and it's like they just that they created Mm -hmm. this rage this like rageful enthusiasm yeah like yeah, it's it. That's absolutely. I don't really know how evil so much Brad Parscale is. I mean, clearly he is, <laughs> as much as he's just very good at what he does. Yeah, like he's a good like Trump hired a a, a like a smart guy to do all that for him and to our demise. Like it's no good. Yeah, I mean, and that's why we have to be so careful. I mean, I don't think we should assume everything we see is uh, fake. I don't think we should assume everything we see is real. I think we just have to be so practical and we have to be cautious and we can't allow this effort by the Trump and Republicans and whoever to make, you know, take emotion out. Don't automatically trust everything and don't allow this to make you not trust anything because that's exactly what Vladimir Putin wants specifically. I mean, I know there are people out there who think that there's this Russia hysteria, but you know what? Everybody in the fucking intelligence agencies, all of the intelligence agencies, even Senate Republicans said, yes, they have attacked us. So it's not like some bullshit hysteria thing. And that's the other thing that I don't like seeing from um, the Sanders camp is that they, you know, I mean, I was accused the other day by somebody who was following, you know, a Sanders supporter of, of being like, you know, the Russian hysteria and that I blame everything on Russia. I don't, but I recognize what they're doing. And it's like, we have to recognize it. I wish all of the candidates, I think each and every candidate is guilty of not emphasizing this more. All of them. I agree. I wish I agree. That they would talk. I mean, they don't have to make it their only part of the you know the only part of their platform but i think each one of them should bring this up and say look russia is attacking us and they're influencing us and i know that it's sticky because it's just like when barack obama understood what was happening i know he chose not to talk about it in 2015 because it was so partisan plus he got warned by which mitch mcconnell and he knew that if he were to say hey look the russians are trying to help Trump, oh, the fucking problems that are going to come from that and all the blaming and the finger pointing and the divisiveness. And even though we already had divisiveness, he, he I understand his feeling of, of I, I can't talk about this because it's just going to fucking make it worse. 
And, yeah. you know, and I mean, I, there's, I'm torn because I feel like elected officials, especially the president, should let us know this is happening. But, you know, you're caught in this situation. And so if you're a candidate running, you don't want to point to Russia and say, if I lose, it's because of Russia. Uh, that's not the point. But I mean, there's, they don't have to say that. They can just say, look, they are attacking us and we have to be aware. And th- these are the, you know, these are the tactics that ch- they're using and to encourage everybody to, you know, like what I just did, be cautious. Just don't assume, ba- you know, I mean, it's so easy if, if you're a Warren supporter and, and you see a negative story about Buttigieg, it's so easy to just buy it because you don't like Buttigieg because you like Warren. We can't do that. You know, we have to be cool. We have to have cool heads, <laughs> you know, because if we don't, fucking Vladimir Putin and Brad Parscale and, right, you know, Donald Trump win. And we just can't allow that. We have to be smart. <sighs> and there's just so many people on the Internet who just quickly jump to the um, emotional knee-jerk reaction. And I, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to from now on until, until, the, uh, until voting day and then shortly after that right back on. I'm just going to be telling people, please, please be cautious. Please be reasonable. And, you know, it's whoever your candidate is, that's fucking great. Even if it's Bloomberg, I don't care. That's great. I'm not going to attack you. I, it's, it's such a mess. It's because right. it, it's like you, you want to be able to trust the news, but you don't trust the news. And then, then right. and I do. Uh, and Russia has implanted themselves all, all around the globe, yeah. interfering in all the elections. Yeah, it's not just us. And they are the number one problem. And we have Trump basically saying it's everyone everyone's the problem but russia yeah like what does that tell you it's like being in a it's like when you're in a cult and you say everyone else is lying yeah. like when they say that there's something that we're in a cult and you're like okay if everyone else is saying the same thing mm-hmm. and you're the only one that says it's different maybe it's you yeah and it's like how do you wake up the cult members i don't know i don't yeah. know but i exactly. think you know i think i think basically and I, I never know how to say her name, Bitcoffer, Bitecoffer, whatever, Rachel, the, wo- the woman who predicted 42 seats in the House, but there was 41. And her whole take huh. on this, it, do, do you know that story? I don't. Okay, well, and, and I wish I could remember her name, and I will send you the article, and I will link the article for anybody who hasn't read it um, in the text of the Patreon description of this show. But basically, there's this woman out there who's saying it's not really about the swing voter. And, and, and just so you know, the article is titled something like there's no such thing as a swing voter that's not what she said and in, in, in the title misrepresented what she said so just keep that in mind she basically said that it's not so much about the swing voter anymore it's not about people who don't know what they're going to vote for at the last minute it's it's about voting for the party and so um it doesn't really matter if it's sanders or if it's warren or or whoever um People are going to show, she predicts, now, yeah, she predicted in the Senate that we would get 42 seats and we got 41. So she's predicting that we're going to have, um, you know, blue everything. She thinks everybody's, it's going to be a blue house, blue Senate, and the Democrat will win. Um, I hope so. Yeah, well, so we are. And and her, her, her basis of this is the idea, you know, and this is what I've been saying, because two, outside of her, two other election experts have said based on 2018, and then I'll go further, 2017 and 2019, based on all of those elections, um, Democrats showed up. People, everybody, you know, the people who showed up were showing up because of Donald Trump, for or against. And obviously, in, from 27 on, Democrats have dominated and won all these elections. So I'm going to go to 2020 and say, 
if we're going to if we're going to look at how it happened in the last three elections, it was based on ideology. It was based on against Trump. And so people are going to vote for the Democratic Party or they're going to vote for the Republican Party. Yeah. And in, and on their side, it's, it's a cult and it's for Trump. But on our side, you know, sure, we have our our um, crazy Democrats who are just fucking losing their minds right now. But in the, but most of the people I think are going to come together and they're going to vote for the party, and so you know I think that's I think that's probably the most likely scenario. But but what we need is a flood, not just a wave. We need a flood because they are going to cheat and Russia's going to cheat. Russia's going to do shit and the GOP is going to do so much. So we need to overcome whatever they do. And it's just, it literally has to be in numbers too big to ignore. So, um, I, but I, I have faith and I think that we're going to be able to do it. Um, there's so much at stake and everybody's tensions are running so high right now. I think after Super Tuesday, we're going to have a pretty good idea um, of, of what's happening, I hope. And then, you know, once we get our nominee, then we just got to sh- get our shit together. And I, I do think Americans are... Um, paying attention to this election in ways that they've never paid attention to any other election. I mean, consider the fact that, you know, there have been a few scares for uh, people who are here illegally when Trump was basically saying, you know, okay, we're going to come around your neighborhood and round you up. Whether, you know, they, they, I, I, they, there was a couple of times where he threatened and, and didn't do it. But can you imagine the people who lived in those neighborhoods? Because there's a lot of houses where people have like, you know, say three people who are who are citizens, but maybe their family member is not a citizen yet. And yeah. they're living all of them had, you know, I was hearing people saying, you know, neighborhoods have been abandoned because they're so afraid. So all these people are going to vote, you know, the, the, these uh, not people who are here illegally, but I'm saying, you know, their family members who are here legally, they're going to vote and they're not going to give it to Trump. So I do think that they're, you know, whether it's women and, you know, and, and, and the other thing that I'll just say is there are a lot of women who are married to men who support Trump and maybe they voted for Trump in 2016. But I think a lot of those women now are not going to vote for Trump. I agree. I I, 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 I know. I absolutely agree. I know some of those women. Yeah. So do I. And so, um, you know, that's hopeful. I don't know if you just heard my cat. She's decided. I did. <laughs> it's really sweet. I was on a radio program before um, I talked to you and oh my God, she just started talking and talking and I'm like, stop. <laughs> and the more I try to quiet her, the more she starts screaming at me. She's such a brat. But anyway, well, I think this is, this is where we're going to wrap up. So before we go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? You can find me on pretty much any social media at, at Sarah Wood Writer. And then you can find my writing and anything about me at um, www.sarahwoodwriter.com. Awesome. And you're on Twitter at Sarah Wood. Um, Sarah Wood Writer. Sarah yeah. Wood Writer. Yeah. And I am author Kimberly. Usually um, I you know, I usually say goodbye to my guest and then I do a little on my own. I'm not doing that today. I'm just going to go because actually I don't feel very good. It's funny. uh, Bob wasn't feeling well yesterday. He's fine now, but now I'm starting to feel a little under weather. So I don't know what's going on. But anyway, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly and that's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. I'm going to be talking to, and I hope I say his name correctly, Xander Barkley. Berkeley? I should have it in front of me and I don't. But he's an actor. He's going to be here on Wednesday. We're going to have an interesting conversation, I'm sure. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for being on the show, Sarah. Uh, it was a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Take care. <laughs>